AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. And we're back. Welcome to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, Episode 2. Today we are talking about the top three movies of 2019. And I'm bringing in my friend Morgan Number 1, who I worked with for three years on The Bobby Bones Show. And we would always come in on Monday mornings and talk about the movies we would watch over the weekend. So we go to the movies a lot. I thought it'd be great to bring her in and compare our list of our top movies of the year. And we also get into the movie that we hated, which mine was a really big letdown. A movie I thought I was going to love, but I went to it and it really let me down. One of the very few times I've been duped from a trailer, so we'll talk about that. I'll also give my review of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which I don't really consider myself a Star Wars fan. I really only got into it recently, so it'll be my review coming from that perspective, and again, it will be spoiler-free, so don't worry, I won't ruin anything from the movie. And before we get into it, I just want to say thanks to everybody for the support on the first episode. It was awesome to see everybody's Instagram messages, and a lot of people have rate and reviewed the podcast, which is awesome, and again, that helps me out a lot as a new podcast. So if you don't mind, after you listen to this, just go to wherever you are and hit rate and leave a review because those five stars mean so much to me as a new podcast, getting me kind of a bump up there. So if you don't mind doing that, it would be amazing. All right, let's get into today's show. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. And now I am joined with my first guest ever, Morgan Number One. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so freaking honored that I'm the first guest you had. I'm shocked by it. Well, I find that we would usually always talk about movies. We worked together for what, three years? Yeah. And oh, wow. It's been three years. <laughs> That's crazy. And I feel like out of like you and me, we would go to the movies a lot and then talk about what we see. 
So yeah. I thought it'd be good to bring you in to talk about our top three movies of 2019. Can't wait. We haven't seen each other's lists, so some of it might be a surprise. Yeah. And then we'll kind of see what we each rate these movies. Okay, let's go. But first, I kind of want to get to know you in movies. Is that cool? Okay. Okay, ra- <laughs> rapid fire questions. Um, what was the first movie you went on as a date? Oh, man. I feel like it was probably Twilight. Really? <laughs> the first one? Yeah. In 2009, I think, or 08? It was earlier than that, right? Yeah, I think it was Twilight. And movies were, we had like this tiny movie theater where I'm from in Milan. It was called The Ritz 3, and it had three screens. And kids went to that movie theater, and they did not watch the movies. <laughs> but I did. I was into Twilight, so. Did you watch all the Twilights? I did. I was a big fan. I read all the books. What's your favorite Christmas movie? I recently watched Home Alone. For the first time? Well, okay, so I watched it when I was a kid, but couldn't remember anything about it, and then watched it again recently, and it's actually a really good movie. But Christmas movies just really aren't my jam, so I'm going to say Home Alone for the sake of it's actually good and it's a classic, but I don't watch a lot of them. And what is an actor that you'll watch every single movie they're in? (laughs) Child of us, really? Yeah, <laughs> I really like him. Everything he's in, like even like the Transformers movies and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I feel like now, and you'll hear later, he ends up making my list. But I'm really intrigued by him. Ooh, got us with that tease. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's get started. Let's do our number three movie of 2019. You can go first. My number three movie of 2019 was. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Really? That is my number three movie, too. (laughs) Yes. Okay, this is a good starting point. Why did you like this movie? I liked it a lot. I love Quentin Tarantino. I haven't seen all of his films, I'll admit that. And this wasn't my favorite Quentin Tarantino film. But I still feel like his not best is still so much better than everyone's best. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you know when you sit down in the theater, you're watching a Tarantino film. And I just really enjoyed this one. I love Brad Pitt's role in this movie. I loved like the shots of how he's feeding his dog. Just like, I, I, I don't know. I loved it so much. I will say I put it at number three because I didn't truly understand. I like Margot Robbie, but didn't really understand her role as much. I don't know if like she didn't get as many lines because she is like a real person who was viciously murdered or something, yeah. <laughs> but I just didn't really get, and they spent a lot of screen time on her without a lot of dialogue. It is pretty interesting. Like the whole part of her, like going to the movie theater and like watching herself. herself. And that, that, yeah. The whole part was a little bit weird looking back on that. Exactly. I thought the same thing. I thought we were going to learn more about her than we did. Um, so that's why it hits number three and not higher for me. How, how do you feel about the violence in this one? Because Quentin Tarantino usually goes pretty hard on just blood and gore. Oh, my God. That part three. I I live for it. I, yeah. lo- <laughs> I, I will say I'm not a big fan. I love violence in movies if there's a plot around it. And I feel like the buildup to that last act in the movie was just it was totally not what I don't want to give too much away, but it was not what I was expecting. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. Like going back to those scenes where they were shooting how the dog was fed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, foreshadowing. And it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of that movie for sure. Yeah, that's a great scene. I just love, like you said, the feel of this movie. Like you go to it. Like I wanted to go see it in like 35 millimeter. They, yeah. were, they were showing it here. I didn't get to see it. But Brad Pitt, I don't know what it is about him and like Leonardo DiCaprio together. Fantastic. But it's. 
Who did you like better in this movie? Did you like Brad Pitt better or Leo? I like Brad Pitt better. Me too. <laughs> I, I did like Leonardo, but something about Brad, he just had some swag in this movie that Leo didn't. When he goes out to that combine, it's just <laughs> yes. it's so cool. <laughs> All right, so our number three movie, we matched. What would you rate it? I would rate it... Four out of five Charles Manson family members. Four out of five? I also gave it a four out of five. But my hands are registered as lethal weapon. We get into a fight, I accidentally kill you. I go to jail. Anybody accidentally kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. So your number two movie of the year. My number two movie of the year was Avengers Endgame. Okay, are we just going to match every <laughs> single movie? I can change it if you need. No, it's fine. I think this is great. It gives us stuff to talk about. Oh my gosh, I loved it. I I will say I didn't see Black Panther and there were a couple of the movies like Doctor Strange. I didn't see those, but I do love Marvel. I love the Avengers like series. I and I wanted to see this, but I hadn't seen the movie before it. So I had to watch like a summary video going into it. Okay. But it was enough. Like I went in and I absolutely loved it. I went and watched it with Hillary, who you know and love. And she cried so loud and so hard in the movie theater. I was very embarrassed for us. But it was fantastic. And the ending, like, again, I don't want to give. Is this a spoiler free podcast? It is spoiler free. Okay, the, I, this movie will hit you in your feels, but I love the fact that it's an action movie that also made me cry. That's not very common for me. True. What'd you like about it? Well, me, I've seen every single Marvel movie, and I think this was like a payoff for everything that I've watched. Yeah. And although it's not my favorite Avengers movie, like I oh, liked yeah? the one before, I liked Infinity War better. I think that's a better movie. Okay. And this kind of feels like a part two to that. Because they, they shot them at the same time, and then this one came out. I feel like this one kind of starts in the middle of something. Yeah, it does. But mm-hmm. then again, it wraps everything up like perfectly, and I think there's just so much in it, and it's so long, but I never felt like I was bored. Right. I never felt bored either, and even though I didn't know all of the story li- lines for the characters, I didn't feel like I was lost, if that makes sense. Yeah, like a lot of people say, like, what movie should you start with watching? And like, will you understand? I think you can understand any Marvel movie, like about 20 minutes into it. Yeah. I will say, just sitting here thinking about how some of how some things went, I'm getting a little sad again. So you cried in the theater or no? I teared up for sure. No, I cried. <laughs> Am I kidding? Did you cry? I, I cried too. <laughs> but the thing about it is when like the saddest moment of the movie happens, there was this lady who was sitting next to me who like got up and like went to the bathroom and I'm here yeah. like trying to sob and she's like ruining my moment. I'm like, lady, go away. <laughs> Tony Stark's daughter in the movie's name is Morgan and I think that that made it even more emo for you <laughs> like, oh, to no, watch. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, what'd you got on that one? I give mine five out of five Infinity Stones. I gave it 4.5. 4.5? Again, okay. just because I thought Infinity War was a bit better of a Marvel movie. Okay, gotcha. I still right. have to watch that. <laughs> Avengers! And our number one movie of the year. Mine is The Peanut Butter Falcon. All right, we're different here. Okay. Yes, thank God. <laughs> Another movie I've seen, though. What'd you like about that? I just, I love the story of that movie so much. I love the characters. I loved Shia in this movie. I just feel like this is the one that when he was filming it, he got arrested. Yeah. And uh, he was, he like terrorized a cop or something was the charge he got. 
Um, and I'm, I'm very curious. I guess once he got out and everything, they finished the movie. I'm not quite sure, but... Man, he was really great in it. The um, Down Syndrome character is fantastic. His storyline, I just loved it so much. I felt my my heart like was so tied to these characters. And I love a movie that makes me feel like a real connection with the people in it, you know? Yeah. And I also just feel like Shia, he's acting as Tyler, but also the way he speaks and carries himself is very much Shia if you watch his interviews. Did you get that? Yeah. Like, I just feel like he's that kind of person in real life. And it makes me like his characters more. Yeah. And I will say, honor. I hate to, like, go off my number one, but I really wanted to add another Shia movie in my top three, but I decided to give it honorable mention was Honey Boy. Yeah. Because this is, Honey Boy is the movie he ended up writing while he was in basically a mental institution after he got arrested while filming Peanut Butter Falcon. And I just think like watching those movies, like you watch one of those, you need to go watch the other and just see sort of the fusion of those different storylines. What made you like Peanut Butter Falcon better than Honey Boy? I just, Honey Boy is like an emotionally difficult movie to watch. I feel like if you're a kid who grew up in a family situation where you had like a less than stable parent, that's a really good movie to watch, but it also makes it very difficult to watch. Um, and so I just felt happier <laughs> watching the Peanut Butter Falcon and the ending I felt better about. What do you rate it? I rate that one five out of five jars of peanut butter. Nice. I also love that movie. I didn't think it was one of the best movies I've seen this year. Uh, I don't want to say like a normal kind of story. It yes, just, it's like very realistic. It's very, yeah, very realistic. I don't think it was so much like, I don't think it'll really be nominated for much, which I would like it to be, but I don't think it's as novel as like Honey Boy. Right. I did like that it's this guy that's lived this hard life. He doesn't have his stuff together. (laughs) And then he meets this this guy with Down syndrome that he wants nothing to do with, you know, and slowly and surely they, they forge this bond and this brotherhood, like on this journey, they're both just trying to get to their own path and things and how that fuses together. I just think it's so beautiful. I think a lot of people didn't really know what this movie is about because of the title. Right. But it's his name, his he, wrestling name, because yeah, he, he wants, wants to be, be a wrestler. wrestler. Yeah, he breaks... Well, I'm not going to say what, what he does, but... But that's where the title comes yes. from. <laughs> Wrestlers got alter egos. You need a name. Falcon. Peanut butter Falcon! All right, so my top movie of the year is The Joker. Ah, the one I didn't see that I wanted to see. Tell me all about it. Okay, well, Joaquin Phoenix is probably one of my favorite actors. And I love all the comic book movies, and I really love the Dark Knight stuff almost even more than the Marvel stuff, just because it's a lot more, okay. it's a lot grittier. It's very dark. It's more realistic. Mm-hmm. And like while Marvel is, you know, a bigger universe, I just feel like when they get these dark stories right, it's like my favorite. Yeah. And there was just so much controversy coming around this movie when it came out of like people being afraid to go see it. All the gun violence and all that stuff that it was like, oh, somebody could go watch this and then be inspired by it to go do it in real life. Right. But it just felt like such a story of this guy just going into madness and being crazy. And Joaquin Phoenix does a really good job of just portraying that. (laughs) And it's almost just bone chilling at moments. I felt anxious watching this movie. How would you compare him to other people who've played the Joker before. I think he's the best. You think he's the b- better than Heath? I think he's better than Heath Ledger. Wow. The thing about Heath Ledger is I think his role will always be more iconic just because 
of everything surrounding it, of him dying, and mm. then the movie coming out, and then him winning Best uh, Supporting Actor. Yeah. And I think The Dark Knight is probably a better movie, but Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker in this is just the best Joker. He looks so frail. Like, yeah. Did he have to lose weight? I think he lost film? 40 pounds. Jesus. Was by he eating, starving like, himself? He basically ate like green beans and that was it. No. <laughs> but yeah, he's really skinny in the movie. There's like a scene where he's like not wearing a shirt and he's just straight up rib cage. Was it tons of violence all throughout? Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, it goes. The thing I love about movies is when they go there. Yeah. Like when they don't hold back, and it's like, usually movies, you're like, oh, they're not going to show that. And then they show it in this one. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I got to go see it. (laughs) I actually, before I came here today, that was the last movie that I really wanted to see this year to make sure my top three were firmed up, but it's not on Amazon yet. Yeah. So it'll be there soon. You can get a bootleg copy somewhere. From like. Somebody named Mike? Yeah, maybe something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go back. I'll, I'll give it five out of five. Five out of five what? Jokers. <laughs> Sad clowns. Sad clowns. My mother told me I had a purpose to bring laughter and joy to the world. <laughs> it's certainly funny, but I, I like it when movies now can make that big of a like a cultural impact because I think movies have such a quick cycle right now. They come out one week, people talk about them, and then they're gone. Yeah, I think like TV shows kind of have a bigger impact with people right now. But this movie, I felt, got people talking about an issue that maybe needs a little bit more attention. Right, and. It was also directed by the guy who does like mainly comedy movies. It's the guy who did The Hangover and no. like Road Trip. Yeah, Todd Phillips. What other movies has he done? Um, the Hangover, Road Trip, Old School. And he's like, I'm going to delve into some dark. Yeah, and then he goes super <laughs> dark in this. So I also love that about it, that it comes from a guy who's not even known for doing this kind of movie and it just looks awesome. Yeah. I've got to go see it. Well, I recommend it. My number one movie. <laughs> the only one we had different. The only one. Is there a movie, do you want to say anything else about that one? Uh, I think that's it. What was up? I was going to ask you if there was a movie you hated this year. All right. Well, how about we take a break and we come back and do the movie we hated this year. Okay, let's do (laughs) it. All right. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
All right, back here now with my guest Morgan Number One. What's up? On Instagram now, at, you had to change your name. You're Rad Girl Morgan now. Yeah, I used to be. Which Rad Girl Morgan? I don't know if I like. It's slowly growing on me. I think it sounds pretty cool. Do you think so? I was Radio Girl Morgan while I worked on the show forever, and I felt like I knew I had to change it. And so now it's Rad Girl Morgan. All right, so we're going to do the movie that we hated this year, the worst movie of 2019. My least favorite movie this year was John Wick 3. Really? I hated it. People love those movies. I don't understand it whatsoever. Okay, is it that you don't like Keanu Reeves or that you don't like the movie? I, it's that I don't like the movie. Okay. I don't really have... I never watched The Matrix or, or any of those films. I've seen a couple movies with Keanu Reeves. It's nothing to do with him. I think it for me, I hadn't seen the first two. And the backstory is I was going on a date with this guy to the movies, and he picked this movie. Okay. And I told him... I've not seen the first two. And he's like, oh, it's fine. You don't need to see the first two. <laughs> That's a tough thing to get someone to go do. Like, right. I'm hop like, into a series that you've never seen anything and like... And it being the John Wick series. Like, it's just not... I, anyway, I don't know that there was any plot to the movie. Like I said earlier, I love action when there's plot around it. And I just felt like it was just murder for however long that movie, two hours of... I want to Google how many people were killed in John Wick 3. <laughs> 299 people were killed in John Wick 3. And, and how long is the movie? Uh, I think it's two hours. <laughs> exactly. It's It was all murder and no plot to me. And then Ho- Holly Berry's in it. And I didn't, I didn't super love her character in it either. It just was She wasn't believable to me. I hated it. If you weren't on a date, would you have left the movie? Yes. Really? If I were if I were on a date, I would not have wasted money on that. I feel like the people who are huge fans of this franchise are going to come after me, but just know that, it, like I said, I can do some death and some murder in a movie if I feel like I'm rooting for the characters and there wasn't enough dialogue or plot for me to be rooting for Keanu. Well, my worst movie of 2019 okay. was a movie I was excited to see because I love the plot of it. The story is a guy wakes up and realizes he's the only person who knows the Beatles music. Oh, yes. Yesterday. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I thought it looked good from the trailer. It does look good. The trailer, the premise, everything about it is awesome. And like Ed Sheeran was promoting it because he's in it. And I was like, I got to go see this movie because it's a novel idea. And it's a story I just kind of want to see play out. And then about mm, 20 minutes in, the movie's over. No. It's just not good. It, it disguises itself as like a... It's going to be artsy. Very and, artsy and like about the Beatles and about this, like a cool story. Yeah. But it just turns into like a mediocre rom-com. It looked like it would be very artistic and well done from the trailer, I will say. I don't know if it's the fact that it's a like, it ended up being like a British movie. Like everybody yeah. and it's British, yeah. which I get. I mean, it's the Beatles. Like you don't care about the main guy. Oh, well, you need that. And it's like, I don't really care what this guy does. And the whole thing is him struggling of like, oh, people are going to figure me out that I, I'm copying somebody else's music. And it just has nothing else to it. I'm really curious. Did people ever, well, it would be a spoiler, but you can tell me afterwards if people remember the Beatles. It's part of the movie. Okay. It's not really exciting part of the movie, but it's part of the movie. <laughs> but there's like a really cheesy scene between him and Ed Sheeran, and they're having like a songwriting competition because Ed Sheeran like discovers them and takes them out on tour. Does Ed play himself in the movie? Ed plays himself, okay. which, which is another thing I thought was lame. Because <laughs> so like Ed Sheeran like shows up at his house. He's like, hey, I heard your music. You're really good. You want to go on tour with me? Uh-huh. I'm like, that would never happen As in that, real life. Yeah, absolutely not. His people would call his people. Yeah. Then they go on tour and then like Ed Sheeran starts to get jealous of him 
And he's like, all right, I'm going to challenge you to a songwriting competition. You go to one corner and write a song, and I go to another corner and write a song. So he like comes back with a Beatles song, and like Ed Sheeran's like, oh, you beat me. You're a better songwriter than me. Do you know what Beatles song he comes back with after the songwriting competition? I don't remember. You don't? No. <laughs> it's like a very unmemorable movie. Everything about that movie was unmemorable. I was always told that there would be someone who came along that was a lot better than me. And Yeah, wow, that was uh, one of the best songs I've heard in my life. I mean, these things are complicated. Yeah. Obviously not complicated for you though, right? I think I'm going to go to bed. I hate when you're hyped up for a movie and you go watch it and it doesn't live up. I really, for months I wanted to go see Honey Boy and I was almost afraid that it wouldn't live up to what I wanted it to be, you know? Yeah. But it did. So I didn't have the same experience as you. I feel like I have a pretty good like inclination from the trailer. Like I can kind of tell just by the yep. trailer if it's going to be good or not. This one got me, though. Bamboozled. Wink. <laughs> Let us stray. <laughs> but I give it 1.5 out of 5 Beatles. Hey, you still gave it. I mean, that's not I mean, That's not a very good score, but it's not nothing. I would have given um, John Wick 3 zero out of 5 swords or whatever murder equipment you can think of. <laughs> Knives. <laughs> Knives. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's a movie we hated this year, a movie we do not recommend. Yeah, don't go watch it. How do you feel about bad reviews for a movie like when going into seeing it bad reviews take you away from going to see a movie i will almost always look a movie up on rotten tomatoes before I'll, i will pay to go see it um and yes if if they're if it's under like 60 percent on rotten tomatoes i'm probably not gonna go see it what about you it's really tough for some movies that like critics are going to be like try to have the cool view of like oh don't go see that it's terrible yeah and some of those reviews I like don't really take into consideration if it's a movie like like this movie I was kind of on the fence about and it got like mediocre reviews in the beginning I was like I'll just chance it and if it sucks well it sucks and it didn't pay off <laughs> and it didn't pay off sometimes I do want to go see a, a not so great not so thought provoking movie though when I see a low score on Rotten Tomatoes I just think oh it's not going to be like a deep film it's going to be cheesy but sometimes you need that yeah. you know I don't mind they like, can't all be the Joker <laughs> yeah. you can't leave every film needing a therapy appointment and I find you had to kind of rate different movies on different scales right like I would rate the Joker on a different scale than I would rate Despicable Me Too Apples <laughs> and oranges right <laughs> they're both could be great movies in their own regard but it's totally different all right well that has been the movies we hate don't recommend <laughs> these sorry guys all right uh anything you want to promote just i mean i guess my socials rad girl morgan you're a good follow on twitter thanks i try and be funny on there but sometimes i feel like i'm a dad when it comes to jokes sometimes they i land the plane and sometimes i crash the plane but uh speaking of your dad didn't you go watch the like good boys with your with your dad yes and that is not a film just so you know don't go watch good boys with your parents so it's a rated r movie but there's kids in it there are kids in it but it's not a kids movie i knew it would probably be a little raunchy but oh my gosh i was i'm the kind of person that if i'm at home watching a movie with my dad and a sex scene comes on i'm like oh dear god oh my gosh ever like t- mute it, uh, it. Oh. i don't want to associate and these my, two things exactly my dad will just be like morgan shut up it's okay it's part of life i can't do it and so that was the most i, I like the movie but i would prefer to not watch it with a parent uh, there's like sex dolls and and sex toys and just anyway 
Also, like letting your kids act in a movie like that, very bold. Yeah, very I think bold. they're like 13, 14 years old. They yeah. can't even go see the movie they're starring in. Yeah, and they're cussing up a storm and just not very good boys. <laughs> <laughs> did you like it, though? I did like it. I liked it, too. I thought it was funny. It's kind of like super bad, but for like with kids. Exactly. It made me laugh, but man, it was cringy. Not the Most best. of the movie. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being my first guest. Oh, my gosh. Have me back. This was so much fun. All right. I'm already like, I'm coming back next Uh, week. All right. Next week. We'll do that. (laughs) All right. So now I'm going to get into my review of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Again, this will be a spoiler-free review. I just wanted to give my thoughts on it. And also, just so you know, I don't consider myself a Star Wars fan. I feel people who call themselves Star Wars fans have seen all the movies multiple times. They're very passionate. And I recently only got into the Star Wars movies in 2015. The Force Awakens was the first one I ever saw in theaters. After I saw that one, I went back and watched all the old ones. And then up to now, I've seen all the spinoffs and everything. So I'm in it now, but I don't feel comfortable calling myself a Star Wars fan. I feel that has a lot of weight to it. So I'm just reviewing it as a guy who loves the new Star Wars movies and is a fan of where they're kind of taking this franchise after Disney bought Star Wars in 2012 for $4 billion, which is a lot of money. On this one, you got heavyweight director J.J. Abrams, who also did the Star Trek reboots. He also directed Lost back in the day and Felicity, if you remember that show on TV. You got Daisy Ridley as Rey, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, and Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. And all the footage they use of her in this movie is all archive footage because she died in 2016. And the last movie she was supposed to be in was The Last Jedi, which is episode 8. And they were able to put her in this movie by just using unseen archive footage that they had. So it must have been a lot of stuff they had left over to make her have a part in this movie and not recast her, which usually they do. So just a quick history on Star Wars, if you're not too familiar with it, it all comes from George Lucas, who created it. And back in 1971, he wanted to make a film adaptation of the show Flash Gordon. But he couldn't get the rights to that, so he's like, all right, I'm just going to make my own space opera. And back in May 25th, 1977, the first Star Wars hit theaters, and it became the highest grossing movie to date. It was not expected to be a hit. They didn't even have merchandise ready for this movie. It hit theaters, and by the time like Christmas rolled around, they're like, hey, all these kids want toys for Star Wars. So what they ended up doing was just taking Star Wars stickers and like slapping them on regular toys, so it'd be like an Easy Bake Oven. Now it's a Star Wars Easy Bake Oven. And also what they did was they allowed parents to like buy certificates for their kids. It was literally just a certificate and kids would open them on Christmas morning saying that, hey, this is a certificate for when the Star Wars toys come out, you'll be the first to get them. So they were not expecting it to be a hit. They were not expecting these toys to be such in high demand. And it also kind of echoes what's happening now with Baby Yoda because that came out on The Mandalorian and everybody wants a Baby Yoda toy for Christmas and not available. So then the follow-up to that came out in 1980 with The Empire Strikes Back. 1983, you got The Return of the Jedi. So then after that, you think he has this big success. He just keep cranking out movies, but he actually took a break for like 15 years. And it wasn't until 1999 where they put out what became the prequels. So you have these first three movies that came out in the 70s and 80s. And then the turn of the century comes and they go back and make the prequels. Which the first one, The Phantom Menace, was probably the most hated of all of them. They introduced a new character, Jar Jar Binks, which everybody hated. So overall, when you ask any Star Wars fan about the prequels, they're like, no, they're terrible. Don't watch them. But then all of the recent movies, which are now Episode 7, The Force Awakens, Episode 8, The Last Jedi, and now Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, all came to fruition after Disney bought them in 2012 for $4 billion. And now George Lucas is just sitting back and counting the money at his house. 
So if you were going to go back and rewatch all the movies in order, it would be Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, which came out in 99, followed up by Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, and then Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. And then you would go into the original movies, Star Wars A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi... It would bring you back up to speed with the franchise now, The Force Awakens, Into the Last Jedi, and right now where we are, The Rise of Skywalker, which is the end of this series. So I feel like this movie just hasn't been getting that great reviews. They've been right down the middle. And for me, I go into a Star Wars movie wanting to see something big, wanting to see something epic, and I feel it's already going to be better than any other movie you're going to go see in theaters. But with this one, I had a little bit higher expectation just because it is the last one of this series. So I felt the movie needed to have two things. It needed to be satisfying for people who have been Star Wars fans their entire lives, but also the people who like me who just hopped in now and want to see this kind of trilogy close on a really good note. I just felt like the story wasn't there completely. I didn't really feel as involved with the characters in this one. There wasn't really that nostalgic factor of going back to the other Star Wars movies. And I just felt like the action in it, it was all just kind of, okay, here's this, like, here's this problem. Oh, we solved that. That's not an issue anymore. Here's the next thing. Here's this problem. Oh, we solved. It just didn't feel like there was any kind of, like, struggle or any kind of, like, thing. Like, oh, man, they might not make it out of this one. Like, what's going to happen now? I just felt the whole movie was a little bit too predictable. So as a movie on its own, I feel it's good, not great. I just wanted them to end on more of a bang on this one. Instead of feeling like a big grand end chapter to this franchise, it kind of just felt like, oh, here's a little slight sizzle. So with all that being said, it's just my least favorite in the trilogy of these Star Wars. Still a good movie, not great. It just doesn't quite capture that energy of The Force Awakens or The Rise of Skywalker for me. The cool thing is, though, that Star Wars has been around so long that people who watched it back in the day kind of have this new ability to be able to go watch it now with their kids and kind of introduce Star Wars into their life. And while this one's not really a kid's movie, I feel like it is enjoyable for adults and kids, so I like that aspect to it. You can take your kids and also geek out on Star Wars. I am curious of what they're going to do with this, if they're going to do maybe like more prequels or just kind of take some of the characters from this now and kind of continue their journey onward into the Star Wars universe. But overall, I give it four out of five lightsabers. If you're going to go watch something in theaters now, probably the best thing you can watch because you can either watch this or go watch Cats, which just has horrible reviews. And let me just say that I called this movie was going to be terrible when I first saw the trailer for it. I didn't have a podcast at the time, so I couldn't vocalize it. But from seeing that weird CGI and like Taylor Swift do that kind of jiggly thing she did as a cat, I was like, nobody's going to want to watch this. This is incredibly creepy. And I saw for the first time ever for a movie, they're going back and fixing the CGI and then re-putting it into theaters. So if you were to go to watch that movie now in theaters, it would be a different movie that they fixed than the movie that came out last week. And the craziest thing to me is that with all the reboots you can do, anything you can go back and make a sequel to, I really doubt there was ever anybody who said, you know that play Cats? Yeah, they should make a movie about that. I don't think anybody said that. Why did they make this movie? There was no demand for it. It was destined to flop. Anyway... That is my review of The Rise of Skywalker and also my rant about this dumb cats movie. Alright, and that's the show for this week. I want to give a quick shout out to Sarah underscore 94 on Instagram. You actually spell it Sarah, but you tag me in your Instagram story that you listen to the podcast, so that means so much to me. If you want to get a shout out next week's episode, that's all you have to do is tag me in your Instagram story with this week's episode and I'll give you a shout out. And thanks to everybody who, again, rate and reviewed this podcast, because that means so much to me as a new podcast. It helps me kind of get a little bump up there in the category, so if you don't mind, wherever you're listening right now, just go in and rate and review it. It will 
will help me out so much. I'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode where I will be talking about actors who were hurt on set. And right now I'm going through the dilemma if I should include deaths because it has happened on a movie set before where somebody has died making a movie. But there's a lot of other stories of just people who get injured, people who actually have like broken arms during filming and they have to go back and fix it. So I'm going to talk about all those stories. And right now I'm just debating on whether or not to add like sad death stories, which it's a big part of film history. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I'll talk to you again next week. Later. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.